this is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining Hello insights and welcome from experienced to brewers the Hot and folk within the craft beer industry. Podcast. How is it all going? What so grab a glass, doing? pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. I tried answering that when I said that then, more for you, because I can't hear you, but you can hear me. Um, having said that, this kind of ties in. My phone. Unknown caller. Hello. Hey, Dan from Eyes. How's it going? I'm all right, mate. Mate, you're still there, aren't you? Yeah, I'm recording the podcast live right now. So, oh, live right now. Yeah, so, mate, the, the last time you were on the podcast, you like totally, totally through the controversies. I got so many complaints. What, what have you got to say? Complaints? You got complaints? Yeah, mil- millions of complaints. Yeah? Yeah. You, you, you know what, man? Some, sometimes, sometimes when I'm telling the truth, people have just got to sit down and listen and, you know, it's... it's People can't. What was that phrase? People can't handle the truth. Or something. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Show me the money. I don't know. No one puts baby in the corner. I, I, I had a million subscribers and then it dropped down to like 500. All, all because That's of you fine, dis- disrespecting certain breweries. I'll go toe-to-toe with anyone, man. Anyone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, the issue is I'll, I'll, uh, I'll phone you back, mate. So, where were we before we were so rudely interrupted by Dan Logan? Um, yeah, I was going to start with what is going on with... What the heck is that? Man, when you record podcasts, you pick up all kinds of crap. And um, I've got some some manner of like Velcro effort. Can you hear that? Some manner of Velcro effort for mic cables. That stuck to me. This, this, is, this is my punishment for being a musician as well. Um, amassing guff like that. that although... I use some of these in the brewery as well. They came in handy. I can't describe it. It's like a Velcro strap with a little thing. It's for putting mic cables in, but it works for other stuff as well. Anyway, yeah, a story from the brewery. So um, when I was at the Sheffield Brewery Company, we used to do brewery tours once a month. And um, there was this one tour where I would start, it was on over three tiers of the brewery. And I'd start on the mezzanine floor and talk them through the mash and everything. Then I'd go down to the next level where the bar was and the copper and I'd talk about batting hops to the boil and blah, blah, blah. Then we'd go into the cellar where the FEs were and we'd talk about fermentation and yeast. And the, this is where our remote chillers and stuff were, um, sub-ground level. And this woman said, shh, can you hear that? And I said, hear what? And she went, what, you're deaf or something? <laughs> and I said, well, actually, love, I am. And she was absolutely mortified because um, clinically I'm I'm partially deaf in one ear. Um, and yeah, that gave her, when I, when I pointed to the hearing aid as well, that gave her a shock. Um, but as somebody, I, I've got, this isn't a sob story thing, this is going somewhere. Um, I've got a condition called otosclerosis, which is like a... a, a progressive hearing loss unfortunately i've only got it in one ear um so i can hear through the other ear as a musician it's a bit of a pig but as a as a brewer um that well that was a nightmare because I, there was another time at the brewery where um carl heron from crisp um came to brew with me and um, i was transferring and we were chatting and uh, and then um halfway through I was, he was like can you hear that 
And I listen really carefully. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like, sounds like something's leaking around <laughs> downstairs. And I'd left the sample tap open on the FE, and we lost about two barrels worth of um, of the best bitter. Oh, it's, that that wasn't pleasant. Go cap in hand to the directors on that one. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So as I was saying, um, I've got this condition and. I think before you like lose something like hearing or I mean I've got really good eyesight but like you know if, if you've got bad eyesight or whatever it is or um you know you're injured long term in some way um you don't really appreciate your basic senses until it's gone it's kind of like that Joni Mitchell song isn't it a uh, big yellow taxi don't it always seem to go you don't know what you've got till it's gone um Although in my case, I didn't pave paradise and put a parking lot. Um, I just kind of started to lose hearing and therefore didn't have to listen to Joni Mitchell. Um, apologies to any Joni Mitchell fans out there. Um, but yeah, it's um, going going into bars and stuff is, is really, really tough sometimes. Um, or it was worth serving at the bar, you know, when I'd be having to say, what, what, I'm really sorry, you're going to have to repeat it. Fortunately, I could point to the hearing aid, I'm partially deaf. Um, which you know would get the sympathy rather than just saying what 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 all the time um but it made me appreciate that aspect of the life and environment we live in um more so than I ever had done before now the reason I'm saying all this is because when I was at Ciba BRX last year um I met a guy called Devlanigan um running ride brew he was on a previous episode for like a little five minute segment um but i noticed he had a hearing aid as well i'm like oh you definitely want to hear mate and he's like yeah i've got this thing called otosclerosis i'm like oh me too you know became friends after that so we've we've chatted a lot and i said oh, i'd love to get you back on the podcast did properly this time um particularly when i saw in at Glasgow, they were setting up um, and raising funds for a 100% disability tap room. And I thought, actually, that sounds such a good idea um, as somebody who can appreciate the need for that kind of thing. Um, and I thought it would make a really, really interesting topic for the Hot 4 podcast. So on this week's episode, when I was at Ciba BRX this year, as you can tell from the last few weeks, I did a lot of podcasting at Ciba BRX, giving me a bit of a, a cushion before I have to go out there and beg some more podcasts from guests and stuff. Um, but I want to get Div on uh, just to catch up with where the brew is at, where the Glasgow Brewery Collective is at um, with their tap room and their ambitions. So, um, just going to get into it this week. Um, as usual, subscribe to the Hot Four podcast. Uh, leave a review. I keep asking this, but no one's doing it. So, uh, but if you leave a nice review, then other people will discover the podcast. And um, I know there are lots of people getting loads of stuff out of this podcast. So, big shout out to everybody who's sent me a message of some description, um, offering you encouragement. I'm give you can't see it because it's radio, but can you hear that? That was a thumbs up, two thumbs up. I was trying to do it really loud into the mic. No, it didn't work. Um, but yeah, um, subscribe to the Hot Forward Podcast and leave a review. Uh, and follow us on social media at Hot Forward Beers. And visit our website, which is hotforward.beer. Um, little plug for what I do. Uh, if you need any consulting services for your brewery and your branding or your business, then hit me up, give me a call, or send me a homing pigeon or something, or... Um, I was going to say put a message in a bottle, but that's that's not very craft beer of you. You put a message in a can um, because it's all about the cans these days. So 
Uh, here's the interview with uh, the Glasgow Brewery Collective, Rye Brewing, about their disability type. So I'm, I'm, I'm joined by this, this motley crew of Glaswegians, although you're not from Glasgow, Simon, so by this Glaswegian, <laughs> where, where are you from? I grew up in Canterbury and Kent. Oh, there you go. So, but, I, but, but I anyone, that no one will notice that. I'm anyone that lives there. in Glasgow for more than a month is technically Glaswegian. That's the, the rules. That's the rules. Okay, well, I'm, we're all Glaswegians. This motley crew on the podcast, don't, don't mug me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Who, who are you? Uh, I'm Dev. I was in the, one of the first podcasts. And I'm Simon. Uh, I'm brewing with Dave and Ride now for the last few months. So you're from Ride Brew Co. in Glasgow. We were, I think we were on your first podcast. That it you was did. one of them, yeah. I, we were at Super Beer X last year, like we are now. And uh, I was so a little bit intoxicated. It's so, fine. so was I. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I'm surprised you can remember it. Yeah, <laughs> me too, actually. Can you, rem- can you remember this one? <laughs> Where are you right now? Liverpool. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, so yeah, we were one of the first. Ride was, and Ride has now become slightly bigger than it was before. So, uh, what? So, I, I guess, like, it's still, it's uh, just over a one barrel brewery, but we're going to be expanding, like, literally next week when we get back from Beer X to wow, a okay. six barrel kit. Oh, awesome. So, where are you getting that from? Uh, we're actually we're working with another brewery that I used to work with, um, a guy from there, Mike Shaw from Late Night Hype. They've got a six barrel kit that's not being used to capacity and we figured there's no point in them having a kit that's sitting there not being used a lot of the time and us having a kit that would be sitting there not being used so we're going to spend the money on fermenters, they're going to have their kit, everyone gets more capacity and hey, we get to hang out together Everyone's happy. Um, without just having excess not being used. We also we also got a, a grant from the Scottish government uh, for fifty thousand pounds for a canning line, um, which we are going to use to any, anyone can use it. If you listen to this podcast and you want to can something, hit us up on Facebook because we're going to have a canning line that is going to be well over capacity. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> like two hundred fifty cans a minute. An hour. Fifteen cans a minute. Fifteen cans a minute. Whatever that is, an hour. Fifteen times sixty. Lots of cans. Um, yeah, so we're going to get a canning line set up, and that's going to be used for, I believe, what we're going to start talking about soon, which is the Glasgow Brew Collective, which is going to help fund the tap room that we're going to try yeah. and open. So, I mean, last time I spoke to you, you were brewing like 13 and a half barrels a week every single day, so yeah, I think yeah, things let up a little bit for that. I was, I was kind of brewing seven days a week well not seven days maybe six days a week and now it's become let's do kettle sours let's do so I think so Ride Brew Co isn't just me anymore it's now me Simon and Flora yep. and we are pretty much turning out some of the best kettle sours obviously in Scotland. we think that oh yeah. we, we just won a we regional goal we won, so we won regional goal for our kettle sours it's called Small Mango Syndrome um, so we're doing a lot of kettle sours I love doing kettle sours. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we're punching above our weight. We've got because we've got a small kit, we can't produce large volumes of stuff, so we've decided to make lots and lots of small batches of interesting things. Yeah, for sure. Because while you've got the opportunity to do that, do it. Obviously, when you get a bigger kit, you're kind of tied into making your main core beers. So why not just enjoy not being in that position while we're in it? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of one of our best beers is Simon's determined that he's going to make one of the best pails ever 
So if you can see our paint by numbers, it's it's a really good pale beer. Look at him, he's blushing, he's blushing. <laughs> it's, it's not there yet. Obviously, there's one or two breweries like uh, Verdant Spring to Mind, Local Poly are doing it, Cloudwater, who are making pails that are far better than, like the, the IPA style has changed over the last two years, year even. And now there's some really incredible juicy beers coming out there. And no one in Scotland is really doing that yet. No. Mind you, Overtone are definitely, they're making some cracking beers. But I want to be the person in Scotland that's making the burden style beers. Mm. We're not there yet. But we're but trying to. We're going to get there. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And it'll be like burden soon for you guys. It's like we've raised over a million. Oh, we wish. I really. Yeah. But I, think, I think the problem with, we, we tried to crowdfund our plan. But I think the problem is people who need what we are doing don't have the money I think that's what uh, people who people who do have the money to crowdfund us don't get why it's needed I think that's possibly a fair comment and uh, what we want to do so we're crowdfunding to open up a tap room that is as accessible as possible for people with disabilities that's okay. the goal uh, we tried crowdfunding for it but we wanted it right from the get-go to be a not-for-profit social enterprise yep uh, and it's difficult to get people to invest in a not-for-profit. Obviously, we made a bunch of mistakes along the way because it turns out crowdfunding is a lot harder than it seems. Oh, yeah. But a lot of people got in touch with us and said, brilliant, we like what you're doing, we want equity. And you have to go, well, you can't have equity in a not-for-profit because that's, that's the profit. Not for profit that's, yeah. that's the opposite of not-for-profit. Yeah. Uh, so instead, we're going to do it the organic way. It means instead bit of opening bit, up with bit. everything that we wanted and having all the fancy lighting in places and having tea loops and oh, tea everything loop. that we wanted it means that we're going to have to start a little bit more bare bones so we're going to have a bar that we're making out of pallets but it's going to have your lowered frontless sections we're going to have accessible toilets and we're going to do what we can to make it as accessible mm. for everyone um, but it's well it was always going to be an ongoing process because yeah. you can never be 100% accessible you can only improve upon what you've got uh, we're just going to start from a little bit further back. Yeah. So ju just coming on. So this is the Glasgow Brewery Collective. Brewery yeah. Um, you, you know, th this vision's pretty close to your heart, Dave. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Um, why is that? Just for our listeners. So I um, registered disabled twice. So not only did I get once registered disabled, so I. Why I did it twice? I'm, I'm registered deaf, and I also have from ADHD. Because um, we suffer from the same hearing loss, don't we? We do o suffer from the same hearing loss, yeah, yeah. Um, my issue is that I've got friends who are deaf who, when they go to a craft beer bar in Glasgow, they sit outside because they can't sit inside because it's too noisy. And that kind of annoyed me. And I kind of had this idea, and I got really quite militant about it. I was like, I was like I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I met Simon when Simon worked at Merchant City, and I was like, Simon and I met, and I was like, this is what I want to do. And then Simon said, you need to meet Mike at Late Night Hype. So we met, and instantly it became, you buggered off, you went to meet somebody else. And by the time you'd come back, me and Mike had basically said, yep, we're starting the Brewery Collective. So Mike at Late Night Hype, he used to work with me in St Andrews Brewing Company, and he's also worked with uh, children from disadvantaged backgrounds yeah. with disabilities uh, in an educational capacity. He keeps telling me what his job title was. I keep getting it wrong and he keeps correcting me, so I'm not even going to try it. But what he always wanted to do with Late Night Hype was be in a position to hire people from disadvantaged backgrounds who would otherwise struggle to which find is work. Kind of which what is I was exactly doing. what Dave yeah. was saying. Yeah. So we figured we might as well pull our resources and work together for it. Um, 
we've got a huge railway arch now in the Gorbals. Like it's <laughs> it's massive. It's like it's a difficult project because there's a lot that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, and it's not like we're doing anything new because all the things that you need to do are out there. It's just working out a way of making it work so that you can be as accessible for. It's not just mobility issues. It's working so that you have a tap room that's good for people with autism, people that are hard of hearing. As Dave says, you get people that can't go into some places because you just can't hear. I think the problem is people with vision problems. I'm quite militant, I think, about yes. disability accessibility. This, which I, I I know I'd stop because I'm quite. I would say I'm probably quite aggressive about. I mean, I guess disabled. there's certainly a place my for issue is, being aggressive as long as it's constructive. My issue it. is that you go to a pub and they're like, "Are you disabled accessible?" Yeah, we've got a wheelchair accessible toilet. That's. It's one disability yeah, yeah, out, of, totally. out of like a thousand that people could suffer from. It's, it's, so why is that a thing? And it's that's not something that I'd really had any experience with until I'd met Dave. And then you start going to places and you go, wow, actually, especially in Glasgow, because it's a really old town and there isn't wheelchair accessibility in lots of it because a lot of it is downstairs or just through labyrinths of stairways somewhere. And places are really dark they're really loud there's lots of flashing lights and when you start thinking about it you go actually this is for me it's fine but grim for people that yeah for sure you know I mean I I, I think from my own personal experience you know um, you don't you have no comprehension of what it's like not being able to hear through one ear or hear very well until you experience that so you know because you take your senses for granted Oh, so often, you know, definitely. and so I, I find when I'm going to, to bars and stuff, you know, when they're really loud, you know, I, I really struggle. And even with the hearing aid in, it's kind of like, well, all the sound gets compressed and it's that makes it harder to hear in some ways as well. It's, it's almost like, yeah, it's, it's gosh, this digital, digital kind of noise. And yeah. Hearing, it's really hard. Yeah. It is really hard to, to do it. Well, we went somewhere early on. I'm not going to name them because they really do try. Um, but... It was so loud that Dave just said, I've just taken my hearing aid out. Like, it's, it's actually just making it worse because it's just reaching my ear. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I've got that experience that I never even thought it was a problem until you start talking to people. And then when you start talking to people about what they're doing, everyone knows someone with a disability and they come up to you and go, yeah, that's really grand. Everyone should be doing that because it's not like a rich person, poor person thing. Everyone knows someone yeah. with a disability in their life who gets it. affected by yeah, it. Totally. But at the same time, people uh, who don't struggle with it don't think about it. Yeah. Like I certainly never did. So talk about the crowdfunding thing because you, you launched the was it a GoFundMe or crowdfunding it campaign? Was a crowdfunder. It was a crowdfunder. Um, I think the problem was that, like, like I said, it was people who need it don't have the money to crowdfund. Yeah. People who do have the money to crowdfund don't understand why it's needed. Yeah. We, we, we have now set out that we're still going to do it, but we're going to self-fund it. So, yeah. like, the disabled toilet, we're doing ourselves. We're going to put in the disabled toilet. Um, we don't want to open a kind of half-arsed attempt. We well, want it to be a place that anyone can go to. What we said is we worked out to do it the way we really wanted to do it, so that we could open on day one and genuinely be one of the more accessible places it's not just a case of putting an accessible toilet in and putting lots some benches of, in. Lots of folk would think that, hey, disabled toilet, fuck it. Like there's actually, sorry. the costs add up a lot. Disable friendly. Mm. You start talking to people about things like, it It boils down to, you can have 
what we wanted to do, one small example, is make sure that the, the floor from the doorway to the bar was clear so you can walk straight in and you had a contrasting floor so that it's really easy to get straight to the bar. If you're and these stick. costs all add up, like it's just £500 here or there or something. But we said 25 grand, we can do what we want to do. Without 25 grand, we can half ass it. And I didn't want to take, or we didn't want to take anyone's money and then end up with a subpar thing because we didn't want to fraud people. Mm. But we're still going to try and do it without the 25 grand. It just means that it's going to take a lot longer. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be brilliant. There's definitely a demand. People yeah. are really interested in what we're doing. And there's, there's problems that we're going to hit up. And a lot of the solutions to the problem are just asking the people that are affected and going, how do we solve this? Yeah. But things like generally almost unanimously people with hearing difficulties that we've talked to have said like us yeah high five. <laughs> in fact dave's one of the exceptions to this if you have a hearing difficulty live music just doesn't work yeah um i still go i still go yeah i take it out and i put it in my well, pocket so it's, uh, added down the front but i mean a lot of the people that we spoke to we put out a little survey we got a lot of responses back and generally that's what we got and it's difficult to balance like I love live music, Dave loves live music. Yeah. If we have a venue, we want to have live music, but it's setting nights that you have live music and you try and work with people to make it a safe space and as autism friendly as you can. And then you have nights where you don't have live music. So we've decided that Friday, Saturdays are always going to be our the main drinking nights of the week, I think it's fair to say. Those are going to be the quiet, well-lit nights. And then maybe in the week we'll have the darker, louder nights, and there's yeah. a balance to be struck. Yeah. And I've genuinely so, forgotten. So it must be quite hard when you're catering to different disabilities, because, like, say, some people are blind, some people yeah. are deaf, some people yep. can't walk, you know, and, and therefore you're bringing together lots of different strings, as it were, of of people's lives. You know, but like, how are you going to address? I that? always think these are people who have as much right to go drinking in a pub as any person who's able-bodied or is not disabled so why why are we not making more effort to let these people be welcomed into our society it's it's social inclusion it's like how do you include everybody and I think that's that that should happen more like why should we not be making this more inclusive it's not it's not that much more work to make a pub that inclusive I think the key get, phrase here is that much more effort like you can never we initially we were like we want to be 100% accessibility and we're then never, very we're never quickly you realise that there's no way you can ever be 100% accessible because there's can always going to be problems with someone yeah. and all you can do is aim for 100% you're going to fail and there are there are conflicting things even if we fail we're still going to be miles ahead of people who haven't even tried uh, well yeah but the important thing is to try and there's always going to be a case of improvements that you can make but that's fine just keep making the improvements yeah. so how, how do you think more breweries can look to help those who are disabled or disadvantaged or struggling to find the way into employment for one reason or another so uh, when i was at the shepherd brew company we used a guy there who uh, we subcontracted through a um, social enterprise uh, been out of work for a long time and he, he basically cleaned the cast and it was brilliant having him around because um, you know, it was great to see somebody that might struggle to get work elsewhere, you know, doing a job that I don't want to do <laughs> and the other guys <laughs> there didn't want to do. But, like, how, how can breweries be more inclusive in that way? That's a really perfect example because, actually, we've been talking to uh, the Assisted Employment Service for Glasgow City Council. It's a lovely chap called Kenny who's been helping us. And 
him and other charities like the Shaw Trust work with people in that exact same situation that you've just said who are struggling to find work they're more than capable of doing the job um, and while there are some bits in breweries that are very very technical there's also bits that how to word this certainly people like we've been talking to someone who's <laughs> uh, he's very autistic and he'd be brilliant he's more than capable of doing a lot of the work that needs to be done in the brewery mm. um, and yeah we, all breweries can be in a position to provide people like that work um, but also just just try and be as accessible as you can and work with the community I think Gypsy Hill who are here today are a perfect example and an inspiration to what we're trying to do I think it's fair to well, say it was, it was when um, Mike from Gypsy Hill one of the guys from Gypsy Hill actually shared our press release and was like we should be copying right and I'm like you guys are like 28 liters yeah, <laughs> we're we like one barrel we, <laughs> we should be copying you guys um, and that's it I mean yeah but just yeah. work with the people include people make sure like it's simple things like if you've got seating make sure you can fit a wheelchair under the seating um, because I'm talking to people in wheelchairs like, make sure that you can wheel a wheelchair into your brewery don't have gravel outside just do the little things and I guess the answer to your question is talk to the people who need help who need to be considered and then listen to them because they know the answers we don't know the answers it's not yeah. a case of me coming up with a solution or Dave coming up with a solution solutions are already there just listen to the people that need you to implement them and I if you possibly can implement them implement them the best thing to say is don't be a dick <laughs> and that's it isn't it like you can be a dick me thanks oh, very much uh, well something you are a massive dick sometimes <laughs> <laughs> no and I think I think I think when I started Ride, like true. last time, like episode one, we chatted about it being a one-barrel plant and what we were doing and stuff, and then meeting people who were kind of on the same page as me, I think Ride has now become this thing that has grown arms, legs... It's still a one-barrel plant. Ahead. Right? It's still a one-barrel plant, mm. um, but we are now at the point where we're like, everyone that I'm brewing with, hanging out with, are on the same page. I think it's, it's really good. I mean, it is really good. I think... There's a really definitely a social change. Lovely, inclusive community in craft beer. While craft beer definitely has its diversity Is issues, there are some of the most inclusive and socially aware companies are craft beer companies. Yeah. And it's it's almost it's been a bit embarrassing doing this because it's four white guys with beards and we're literally the least diverse crowd. <laughs> but at the same time, it is an industry that cares about the fact that it's the least diverse crowd. Um and is trying to change that mm. yeah. even though obviously we're doing things wrong a lot of the time as yeah. an industry and as individuals but it's nice to have an industry that actually gives a shit that that's a problem mm. so you talked about how you were setting up a social enterprise um, for Glasgow Brewery Collective but then from my experience in looking into social enterprises a lot of charities and social enterprises don't want to work with alcohol it's kind of like a taboo like how, how have you found that we applied to be a social enterprise and social enterprise Scotland were like yep that's great um, I think it, I, don't know, I think it just depends on what you're we've, doing we've actually had some fairly positive yeah like, a lot of positive I guess there are it. there are issues with people not wanting to work with alcohol and I understand that because it is an issue for a lot of people um, but also even social enterprises want soirees and there are a lot of social enterprises out there that want to work with social enterprises if possible so we've had people come up to us and go we are going to be selling beer 
at our things. We're going to have events where we have beer. If we can possibly buy it from a social enterprise, we want to. I'm sure there are people with very legitimate reasons who don't want to work with breweries. Um, and we've had the same issue with some politicians who aren't necessarily keen to be seen to be working with a brewery, and I respect that. Uh, but yeah, generally it's positive. Um, like we're not just trying to get people drunk. We just want people to go out and have a good time. Have yeah. a good time. Sure. Be just, free. And just do what you want to do. So it's, it's not been a massive issue for us, I don't think. So, Dave, as, as someone who suffers from ADHD and yeah. dyslexia and <laughs> otosclerosis, like, yeah. how how do you find it personally working within the brewing industry, and what are some of the challenges your I, conditions put? Get up against you on a regular basis. I, I will be openly honest. I needed a Simon from when we first started, so Simon is much more level-headed than me. But I talk to anyone. I talk to everybody that's here. So I've been talking to John from North, Gypsy Hellboys love us. But I think Simon coming on board has helped me kind of level off mm. and, and be a bit more kind of like I don't know how to describe it. Um, we should have met years ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so um, I, I will talk to anybody. I think the problem is I will talk to anybody, but I don't remember what I said, and I'm quite <laughs> quite scatty, and I'm quite, like, jumping about topic to... See, I'm doing my hand things, and I, it's audio, it's not yeah, live. Yeah, um, and I think meeting Simon has kind of helped, because I can then say to Simon, oh, this is what I did today, and then Simon can say, cool, and Simon's kind of more of a levelling influence on what I'm doing. It's all very well having that sort of inspirational thing in a brewery where you come up with brilliant ideas, but you also need someone who then bottles the beer at the end of it. Yeah, and we've actually got Flora, who's not here at the moment. I'm not sure where she is. She's even better than it. Every time we say something, she'll write it down. She now takes a notebook to the pub. So she's like, this is all the drunken stuff you guys talked about. And we're like, oh, that's a really good idea. And she's like, aren't you glad someone wrote it down? Um, we love Flora. You should get Flora's one of these voice cool. recorders. <laughs> Flora's cool. We've got a Flora. We've got Flora. Who needs a voice recorder? We've got Flora. So, since we last spoke, yeah, Ride is definitely leaps and bounds. Amazing. We won, we won two golds yes. yesterday. Two regional golds yesterday. Two regional golds yesterday for our kettle sour and our wheat beer. Wheat beer. Which is good. Which is good. Um, our wheat beer is named after my friend Drew that you met last time you were here because he looks like Shrek. This question was obviously how, what are the challenges that you find in the craft beer industry? Oh, uh, challenges, uh, being deaf, people making shitty jokes. Going off on a tangent. Going off on a tangent, but mostly shitty jokes, mostly shitty jokes. But like with the deaf thing, like, give me an example of like what, what I, I mean, I, I know, but just for people listening. I like, walked into a pub in Glasgow and I ordered a pint of Overworks by Brewdog and the guy went, are you able to drink this? Or are you ableist? And then my other half, Anna, was like, why the fuck are you even in this pub? Like, that guy's been a prick to you. Like, that's a shitty joke. And I was like, used to it, used to it. I think the problem is, yeah, there's so much shit that goes on. Yeah, I, I, I do find a lot of kind of like barriers to being drinking in pubs. But I mean, people don't think, I did some brewery tours once and, um, you know, I, I didn't have my, I can't remember if I had me, no, I didn't have a hearing aid in. Um, and I thought I heard a trickling noise. And I, I sort of stopped midway, just in my extrovert way, and I said, can you, can you guys hear a trickling noise? And this woman just said, what are you, fucking deaf or something? And I said, well, actually, technically, I am. And she was like, oh, shit, I'm really sorry. And I was like, no, 
it's fine, but do you know what I mean? I am. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. think about it, you know. But again, it comes back to the thing of like, if you have no conception of that, then, you know, you you can come out of these things and and say them as a figure of speech, but actually it can be quite offensive, you know. Um, But anyone that's feeling inspired by this to go and change the world one beer at a time, what what advice would you give them about fundraising and taking on an ambitious? I think just, I don't know actually. One, like, if you're going to do fundraising, raising, there are actually experts out there that know how to do crowdfunding. <laughs> Talk to them first, <laughs> not during. Um, and the other thing is, like, genuinely, we don't know what we're doing. Um, and I know that sounds bad, but no one who does something for the first time knows what they're doing and kind of do it. And when you fail, keep doing it anyway. Um, I think the fact that we are probably going to be the UK's first attempt. Well, Gypsy Hill have tried. They, they're, they're, they're further behind us though. We are well, we haven't got a separate yet. Scotland's first attempt. Scotland's they, first they, attempt. Shared, um, they shared our press release and went, this is what we should be doing. And I was like, I was kind of like, no. When we, we were writing what we were trying to do, Gypsy Hill was a big influence. And I was desperately trying not to plagiarise <laughs> phrases from theirs. Because they, they did a similar thing. They crowdfunded a few years ago. I've not been to their tap room. I really want to. But um, I have. large parts of it what... It is awesome. If you're listening... Go to Gypsy Hotel room, it's fucking brilliant. Uh, the, the things that we're trying to do is what Gypsy Hill have done, or at least what I've read that Gypsy Hill have done, and then work on that. But like the biggest answer is just try it, and yeah, if you fail, which we did do. Feel spectacularly. Keep, keep trying to do it, because it doesn't matter. But this is the thing with crowdfunding. I mean, as, as you said, it's there's a myth that, oh, if I just put a crowdfunding campaign out there, you know, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. You know, people will just give you money. People don't just give you money. You know, there's there's a lot of behind the scenes things that go into crowdfunding. Like, you know, which we did we didn't see the one. It's <laughs> even things like lining up some big hitter investors to invest at certain points throughout your campaign. See, that's really important. So, right? it, it there's a general perception that you're getting momentum. You know, what you need to do is get about thirty percent of your money. You already know you've got that money, so that after your first week of 30% funded and people look at it and go oh yeah, that's fine and I'm sure there are people out there that will borrow 30% fund it and over ask the amount of money that they need and then mm. just give that money back because that's so important because if after a week you're only on 10% you could be 10% of the way through you've got 10% people are looking and be like Nope. But it's so, it's so social media driven, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's it, you know when when people go on social media and then you see oh it's ten percent oh, it's, oh I'm not going to give to that no one else is don't involve me you know and and I think what you guys are doing is is a really noble great thing to do um, but but it, it, it's really sad that crowd you, you have to kind of adhere yourself and shoehorn yourself into this crowdfunding yeah. play the game yeah. almost yeah. with it. I, think, I definitely think the problem was that people who wanted what we're doing can't afford it and people who can afford it don't understand what we're doing I it's think that's definitely it's, played a part yeah, also it's a massive like, lack of preparation yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got to be prepared for you know um, we've totally got to be prepared <laughs> yeah. I mean we're still going to try and do it like it would be lovely to open up Peace in Easter when we said we were going to open up and have all the ramps and things lots of disabled or accessible toilets sorry and tea loops and a stage that's accessible and everything that we wanted and it's it's sad that we can't do that from day one um but what's really heartening is people are really still supportive of it like we've been talking to someone 
um, a supplier who, in fact, lots of suppliers who, when they hear what you're, you're doing or what you're trying to do, will go, well, well, we'll work with you on that. And we're going to have to do it organically and it's going to take time. But we were talking to Hoplex mm. and we said one of the issues, like the tap room, we can make an accessible tap room, that's fine, but it's difficult to make an accessible brewery because like pitching yeast, you have to climb a ladder. And they gave us or offered us a deal where they were like, you can buy the things that you said you were going to buy. We'll give you a deal on a hop rocket because it means that suddenly dry hopping is something that you can do at ground level pitching yeast becomes something that you can do yeah. at ground level also I want to play with a hop rocket <laughs> but from their point of view they're going we will help you try and make the whole process accessible and it's going to take a long time because we don't have the funding but people are there to help yeah. and people do care and companies do care it's just we have to do the legwork for yeah. yeah brewing is very we're all friends there's no kind of Backbiting, we're all friends. Oh yeah, no, it's a really nice industry. Like it's a wonderful, wonderful industry to work in. I still hate you, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) So finally, how can people donate towards and find out more about Glasgow Brew Collective? Come and drink in our tap room when it's open. Yeah, so we've got our first event on May the 11th. Hopefully, we're going to have to run on occasionals for a little while because premises licenses take some time. We're actually in an overprescribed area, but again, the lawyer that we're working with to help with do licensing is doing at a wonderful wonderful rate because of what we're trying to do mm. if anyone's trying to get licensing what's the name of the company TLT solicitors use them because they're really nice people and when we're open come and drink in our tap room and then tell us what we can do to improve it because that's the most important thing is making it better for everyone yeah in fact I've been working with someone or we've been working with someone we don't know how to put on an event because we're brewers we want to sit in our unit all day not talking to anyone not even each other we've got someone a girl called Libby helping us put on the music she's doing the promoting initially just as a good will gesture and she's going it's all very well the accessible aspect but what about the safe space aspect and you're like of course we didn't think about that but that's something that we are now going to add in is making sure that it's a safe space for people as well Um, so tell us what to do better Awesome. Wait yeah. until we've actually got something. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we've got something, tell us how we can improve it. Great. So what's the web address? www.glasgowbrewerycollective.co.uk Boom. Thank you That's very much. It. Thanks very That's much. you find us. Thanks for tuning in to the Hot Ford Podcast this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Follow us on social media at Hot Forward Beers and visit our website hotforward.beer for more articles, insights and a range of services aimed at helping you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. Until next time, cheers. Right,